My next story is crazy, but I didn't do as much research as I wish that I had done. But that's because there's only a part of me that can research this story so much before I'm like, ugh, I can't do it anymore. Well, that's okay, because I researched a lot for mine for this one, so we're good. got my little, little notebook. This when I bought these when we were moving in together, these little green notebooks. Aww. I need to get, I'm about to be done with my original dead time stories. Like I'm running out of space. It. I see it. Look at you. I have to get a note, but I'm really sad because I put our stickers on this one and now I'm like, great, I'm going to have to put stickers on another one. The other funny thing is I saw that the exact book that I have is still being sold at Barnes and Noble. Like the, this one that says like, you know, it's got the whatever inspirational I've shit. I've seen it on. at the Five Below. book. My mom bought it for me. I was just assuming me. you got it at Five Below. No, my mom bought it, it there. for me. My mom used to always buy me notebooks and shit. And I was like, what am I going to use this for? And I have a podcast. And I'm like, why I'm do I not have any with, more I'm notebooks? i notebooks. You need notebooks, bitch, because I will hook you up. I have so many notebooks. It's like a problem. Um. Yeah, in like, like two a, episodes, I'm going to need a notebook. I'm down to like 10 pages left. You want another thing. one that's like that size or you want like a notebook notebook? I want one that's a spiral. I love being like able to do notebook? this. Okay. Yeah. I like, yeah, I was Good like, I know. like being able to open it mm. and like pull it back and shit. Sure. I like a lot. But I know, I'm so sad. I was like, we've gone through a whole notebook of ideas. Like, I have so many ideas in here. Like, look, I got a whole page in here that's called Name That Podcast. When we were still figuring out our podcast name. Where is it? Hold on. Boo bitch, I remember was one of them. I know. Hold on. Where? Oh, fuck. Hang on. Let's introduce this episode. Oh, hi, guys. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Dead Time Time Stories. Stories. But it also could have been called Boo Bitch. Boo Bitch was our first favorite one. And then our other favorite one, we also went with the Dead Ass podcast. Dead Ass was one of them. Uh, Undead Ass. Or Not Yo Mama's Ghost Stories. Mm-hmm. It's another one I got. also got Ghoul Talk. Ooh, I liked that talk? one. I did like Ghoul Talk. Um, what else did I put on here? Undead Bedtime Stories. We also were riffing off of uh, Two Girls, One Podcast, Two Girls, One Mic. But there's Two Girls, One, one ghost. ghost already exists. They're pretty cool. I also have Part of Your Underworld. <laughs> <laughs> These are all the ideas, but These guys, are all, yeah, po- uh, like possible ideas for the show that we had. Now we are dead time, time stories with a Z, bitch. So look, it's, look at this little podcast calendar I made and I never followed through on. Ugh, just a lot of things in here. I don't want to get rid of. You look like me going through my bullet journal. I know, except mine's only half-assed. Like it's not fully, except for my notes. My notes are for sure. Like look at that. Bam. Legit. Note. Notes. Notes. Episode schedule brainstorming pages i do have a lot of topics i still have to get through it's so anyways smart. i should do that too i love having this little notebook and i carry it with me and i love having our pictures on it because then i'm like that's what i gotta work on that's what i want to work on here's all my notes <laughs> anyways i'm a sleepy hoe watch it so good i'm on top of me we talked about Usher last episode. Who are we going to talk about this episode? I'm just kidding. Buck Cherry. That's the only song I know by. I think that's the only song they're known for. One Hit Wonder. Oh, so 
You're crazy, bitch, but you're so good up on top of me when I dream. I do with you all night. Scratches all down my back and keep it right on. Sarah, what are you talking about this week? Oof, girl, you ready to dive into it? I guess. All right. Welcome, everyone. Episode 35. And Yeah. I know. I know. I know. I know. It's our 35th episode, you guys. We're killing the game. 25. 25. 25. I don't know why we're saying it like that. I don't either. So I talked about what I probably consider to be one of my worst stories weeks ago, and it was the story about Carl Tanzler. And I said, I've got one that's worse. Here it is. Here it is. New Year worst story getting right the fuck into it girl you know that's how i do let's do this to be honest i was going to talk about a different story and then i started researching it and i realized that there was way more to that story than i had time to work on and i was like i already know this other story and i'm gonna work on that so and it's awful so this is the story of anatoly moskvin he's russian because of course they all are so Anatoly Moskvin was a Russian academic and linguist who was, was he a cunning linguist. Hmm. Oh no. You're going to wish you hadn't made that joke in oh, a minute. No. I already regret it. Who was arrested in 2011 when the mummified bodies of 26 young girls were discovered in the Jesus apartment he Christ. shared with his parents. What? All right. Let's dive into it. Get in there, girl. I got to hear about this crazy son of a bitch. He got into their graves. Stop. I know. Um, so. Young girls, you said? Anywhere from the ages of, I believe it was 10 to 15 years oh, old. Oh, no. Shut it down. No, we're just diving into We're just digging into it. Oh, I'm no. sorry. Sarah, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. That. I said it and then I took it back and I'm not going to edit it out. All right. So. Anatoly was born in 1966, and as a child, he began wandering around graveyards with his friends. Now, I don't see anything weird with that. I still wander around graveyards as an adult. All right? We're just, that's why we have this podcast. But he attributes his fascination with death to a childhood memory where he saw a funeral for an 11-year-old girl. And at the funeral, he was forced, he says, to kiss the forehead, the body of this young girl. And ever since then, he's been fascinated with death, burial, rituals, all that stuff dead surrounding. Dead 11-year-old girls. That he had to kiss on the forehead. And yeah, dead little 11-year-old girls. Um, so after graduating college, though, the man is a very well-known academic. And he was in school and taught. He was a very known linguist. Um, and he became very well-known in academic circles. And he had an interest in Celtic history and folklore, um, as well as cemeteries, burial rituals, and death. He kept a personal library of over 60,000 books. And he had a large collection of dolls. Fellow academics described him as both a genius and an eccentric, which I feel like is a very nice way of putting what ultimately he was, which is fucking crazy. Oh, I usually refer to myself as an eccentric. Do you have the bodies of 26 girls dressed up as dolls in your apartment? Not yet. 
<laughs> oh no! Oh no! I'm only at five. I, get right. oh. I was trying to figure. I was trying to figure out like how I was going to answer that. Right? I was going to say either not yet, or I was going to be like, no, I have the bodies of thirty of them, or like you know, no, like, I beat his record. Oh, originally it was twenty nine, but then they took it down to twenty six when they realized that three of them weren't didn't have human remains inside. Anyways, what? Because he had them dressed up like dolls. That's why they were in his. That's why his parents lived there and they didn't find out. All right, let's hold on. So, he was arrested in two thousand and eleven. This was Um, not long ago. No, it was seven, eight years ago. Um. Police who were investigating grave desecrations in nearby cemeteries came and investigated his house after his parents returned and were like, hold on a second. And investigators discovered the 26 bodies in the apartment. And there is a video of investigators going through the apartment and you can see their bodies, but they do look like child-sized dolls and they're propped up in chairs or they're propped up by the table or they're just laying because it also looks like the home of a hoarder and they're just laying on top of piles of stuff oh my god but they're they're dressed in children's clothing and and looking at them at first along with the other dolls that he had they fucking blended in and you didn't notice so he says And his motive and his reasoning was that he felt sympathy for the bodies of these children. And he felt that he could eventually bring them back to life through science or black magic. Because he's a very learned man. Which also boggles my mind because he is an academic and he is a learned man. You should know that he can't. Bring them but back he, to life. He can't bring them back to life. But he's also a weirdo. So I right. think I skipped over this bullet for some reason because I about him was, being a fucking loon. Because I was just talking about him having these bodies of twenty six kids. He he lived with his parents. He went to college and he never dated and he never married and he was just very content with living at home with his parents. And his parents were like, "That's cool." Yeah, I was like, "Did they feel any type of way about it?" So they traveled a lot. And they weren't home for the majority of the year, which also gives reason for why he was able to do this for so long. Because when they caught him, the oldest body that he had had with him was over nine years old of him having it. Nine years since he had taken it out of the grave and had it with him. So he'd been doing that for almost a decade. decade. And his parents had no idea. They just thought they were dolls. He's just like, he's just a freak with his weird doll He fetish. likes dolls. He's already got a doll collection. It's weird, whatever. So he says he's felt sympathy for the children and felt he could bring them back. So what he did was he would gather their remains. He would mummify them, which I'll get into that in a second, because that was also another fixation he had was with being someone who could mummify remains. And he would dress them as a doll, believing that dressing them as a doll, would then give them a figure and a body to have when he brought them back to life because their body, of course, was no longer used. But if he dressed them and gave them a body, then they would have that body to use when he brought them back to life. He might give them a body. Well, like, so he, when he took them out of their graves, he would mummify them and basically almost like how you dehydrate meat. 
he would pull them out and he would dry their bodies using a combination of salt and baking soda and just sort of like <laughs> I don't want to say it's like when you submerge your phone in water and then you put it in rice to dry it out but it's kind of that same thing of like he would take their bodies and put them in salt and baking soda to dry out all of the excess moisture, moisture. so that he is rot. left exactly so he's left with a dry carcass however that means that he's then left with a very thin carcass because all of the tissue has dried and it's gotten all the thinner sinew, yeah so he would then wrap it in linens and stuff the body with rags just like Carl Tanzler, and then dress them in brightly colored children's clothing. And then he would put a wax mask on top of their faces that had been painted with nail polish to give them a face and then prop them up in his home. Jesus Christ. And those were his children. There are no signs and no evidence saying that there was any sort of a sexual nature. That's good at least. It is, but to a certain degree, it also, this is awful, it also weirds me out that he didn't do it for sex, but he did it because he literally thought that he could bring them back to life and that he wanted children. And he says, again, his motive was that he thought he could bring them back to life and he studied Celtic folklore and he said when he was studying Celtic folklore, he real, he came across that they, the Druids and whatnot, would sleep on the graves of loved ones in a sense of communicating with their spirit. Yeah. So he says that before he chose, what he would do is he would go through the obituary and he would find recently deceased children. children. But they were he, all girls. He would go sleep. I think they were. That I don't, I, you know, I don't know if it's told if it was all Anyways. But he would go and he would sleep on their grave to see if they would talk to him and tell him that they wanted to be dug up. And even though there are only 26 bodies in the house, they have evidence to say that he desecrated 105 graves. He had name plaques from other graves he didn't have bodies for. And he said he'd go and sleep on a grave. And if the spirit didn't talk to him, he wouldn't dig him up. But his defense was, I would go sleep on the grave, and their spirit told me that they wanted to come back. So I would dig them up and mummify them and dress them and bring them home with me. And at his trial, he even told the parents, you left your children. I came back for them. Jesus Christ. So he's fucking crazy. And he's living in a home with 26 bodies of young girls that he has dressed up like dolls. And then he's finally found, and he doesn't say, no, I didn't do it. He says, these are my reasons. This is why I did it. You left your children. I came back for them. I loved them. You left them. So he got sent to a psychiatric ward, and he's not really in jail because they just said that he's schizophrenic. And he's still in jail. We're still in the psychiatric still facility. Still in the psychiatric facility, not in jail. And um, as of, what, what what year was it? Hold on, i got to find that. As of 20, I want to say 20, there we go. Okay. 
In 2016, it was reported that he was going to marry, even though he's in the psychiatric ward, he's still going to marry a 25-year-old native of his hometown that attended his trial. So yeah, homeboy uh, had 26 bodies of young girls that even though he was a very learned and educated man, he gave himself the reasoning of why he needed to go and do this. And the only thing I would say that to a certain degree makes it better than Carl Tanzler was the fact that there's no sexual assault noted. But Carl Tanzler did it with one person. This guy did it with 26 young girls in the apartment that he shared with his parents parents who thought that they were just dolls in his collection. And just real fast, uh, do you want to see some pictures and the videos available online of them walking through? I guess. Do you want to? <clears throat> so it's very distressing, but <laughs> it's very distressing. But let me flip this around. Let me let me look at this. Um, all right, so here's one. Ew. They've got the wax face on. That's him. Definitely creeper. There's another one. Oh my god! And like I said, that's a regular doll. So he had regular doll collections, and then he would have these. And sometimes he didn't put faces on them. Oh, my God. And he just, oh, I'm sorry. I enlarged that. No, go back. I don't even want it that big. Oh, my God. That's what she said. Oh. So that's another that one. Just like Elf on the Shelf. That, and it, it is on a shelf. Oh, it's Elphaba dead on a shelf. Um, Go away. Go away. Why are you so big? Stop. I can't make it stop. Microsoft, you guys. Guys, get an Apple instead. Get an iPad. I watched the video, though, of them walking through the home, and it's it looks like a hoarder's house because of how much shit is in it, and then you just start seeing these life-size dolls, and then you realize that those are the bodies of these babies. Look at this home. It looks like a home it out just of hoarders. Looks like a hoarder house, yeah, like a regular a fucking hoarder, hoarder house. house. And then he's got. Oh no! It's very disturbing and it's very unsettling, and I I don't like it. And I when I first found this story, the first article I read was talking about how there was one of the bodies was the body of a nine year old girl who had been murdered. And buried, and her family went through that. And then her family visited her grave for six or so years later, not knowing that she wasn't in her grave and that this dude had dug her up. So, not only did this family deal with having their daughter being murdered, then some psycho digs her her up. Turned her into a doll, mummifies her, and puts her in a doll, and puts him in his puts her in her his hoarded apartment with his parents. And he's just stuck in a psychiatric facility. He has had no criminal charges, hasn't faced any jail time. Fuck. Fucking Russia, man. Fucking Russia. They hack our elections and they make child dolls. So they get rid of hikers on the side of a fucking mountain. <sighs> Did love pass. I know. Episode. That was my opiate. That was my best was episode. Seven? Seven. That was that was, was the, fucked up. I'm still trying to like top that episode. I've got another disappearance case that's pretty crazy. Because like, that was a good yeah, episode. Yeah, I was like, we've talked a lot about ones where I'm like, that's really horrible. It's horrible this person did that to another person. That one is just still 
that one is so messed up because it's so bizarre and you don't know know what what happened. happened. Right? I'm like, the other ones, you're like, that's fucked up that a person did that to somebody else. But I know what they did and I know what happened. And that one, you're just like, what happened? It was seven people. What happened? What happened? Why, Why was their tent open from the inside out? Why didn't they have their clothes? Why was one of their tongues ripped out? Go back and listen to episode seven, guys. It's my best story. I'm still trying to top it, and it Get hasn't happened yet. Dit love pass. I was going to say, my the story that I was thinking about doing for this episode was my, like, dit love pass was my great, like, disappearance, no one knows what happened, unsolved story. I'm working on another one that's a really crazy unsolved story, but that's why I'm like, there's so much to it that I'm not ready yet, because I want to make sure I've got everything. everything. Okay. So yeah, that's Anatoly Moskvin. He took 26 children and dug them up and mummified them and kept them as dolls in his home and don't ever travel to Russia. Please don't. That's that's what I took from that story. Um, Stephanie, what are you talking about this week? I'm talking about, and I listened to the pronunciation of it so many times, hoping that I would say it with more confidence. I'm talking about Alkingohara. You said it pretty confidently. Uh, thank you. Is that the forest? <laughs> that is the forest. Look at you. I know that forest. I've thought about talking about it too, but there's so much with it that I got overwhelmed. <sighs> Hit me with right. it. Right. So I tried to find, I tried there's to like, yeah, condense it a little bit. But I learned a little bit about, um, I learned a little bit about Japanese ghosts too. So that's what we're going to talk about. <sighs> Japanese ghosts are scary. Girl. <laughs> they are scary. So, uh. Aokingahara is also known as the Sea of Trees, and it's a forest uh, at the northwestern base of Mount Fuji in Japan. It's about uh, 30 square kilometers or 12 square miles if you're an American. (laughs) Uh, So there's some really interesting stuff about the forest and why, how it's very like serene and quiet and very dense. Uh, <laughs> it's serene and quiet and dense because everyone's dying to get right. there. So more recently, it's it's famous because it's become a very popular spot for suicides. It's the second most popular spot in the world. I was like, isn't it also known as the suicide forest? Yes, sometimes it's also called the suicide forest. I was getting to that. I'm sorry. Okay. I was like, I've ta- I've learned about it. They made a movie. Where's the most popular spot to commit suicide, Sarah? I feel like everybody knows this. All of it. Well, this is the second most famous place to commit suicide. The second most popular suicide destination. Oh, the Golden Gate Bridge. Yes, the Golden Gate Bridge. (laughs) I knew that you would know. I know. Right. Uh, So, yes. My house. I'm just kidding. Second. (laughs) Did you say bought a house? I said my house. My house. It's the second populated place to commit suicide. Everybody goes over my house to commit suicide. Um, No, the Golden Gate Bridge is the most popular suicide destination (laughs) on the planet. And Alkagata is uh, Alkingahara is the second most popular. But it's coming for that number one spot. Spot. (laughs) That was good use of that. I feel like I shouldn't make any jokes about this. People are taking their lives. So so there's something about the way that the land sits. And it's because, so it's a very lush forest. um, Because, (laughs) yeah, no, we talked about lush earlier this evening. (laughs) Because there was um, an eruption. Mount Fuji erupted in 864 CE. That's common era. Or um, AC if you're, you know, after Christ. AD. (laughs) After death, right? After death. It's BC and AD. Or CE and BCE. For you pagans. Which is common era and before common era. 
So, so 864 uh, CE or AD, if you will. So because of that, the ground, right, is made of, of hardened lava. So it absorbs a lot of sound. So it's a really quiet place. The forest is like like unusually quiet. Is this where they film Bird Box? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the movie The Forest with Natalie Dormer was based on was based on this forest. Oh, and that sh- movie looks terrifying. Um. So anyway, so the ground is made from hard lava, so it's really really quiet, but also very. That's also excellent for vegetation. So it's like a very green, beautiful, but very quiet, serene place. Okay, and there are caves that fill with ice in the winter time. Um, it's actually a very popular destination, not just for tourists but also school trips. Uh, the dense forestry and porous lava ground absorb sound and provide visitors with a sense of solitude, helping provide visitors with a sense of solitude. Historically, it's known as the home of the yurei, which are ghosts of the dead in Japanese mythology, which got me checking out the yurei a little bit. So we'll talk about that, and then we'll get back to. Forest. Yeah? I don't like it. So yure is really just Japanese for ghost. That's the Japanese word for ghost. Um, you means... Yure ghost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Um, you means faint or dim, and rei means soul or spirit. Uh, traditional Japanese uh, beliefs, uh, they believe that humans all have a reikon, which is like a soul or a spirit. And when a person dies, the reikon leaves the body and enters a form of purgatory. And while it waits for the funeral and post-funeral rites to be performed so that it may join the ancestors. The Raycon then become protectors of the family and return every August at the Obon Festival, which is kind of like the Japanese Dia de los Muertos, um, which is like a three-day festival in August, and the dates vary because it's based on the lunar calendar, so it's not always the same time in August. However, if a person dies in a sudden or violent manner, such as murder or suicide, if the rites have not been performed for their funeral or if they're influenced by powerful emotions at their time of death, like desire for revenge, love, jealousy, hatred, sorrow, the Rikon is thought to transform into a yore, which is a ghost, uh, which can then bridge the gap between the their world and the living physical world. Um, this, I thought was just kind of funny. I don't know why. Um, it doesn't even need to be their driving feeling. <laughs> Uh, in life, it can be even in- innocuous thoughts that entered into their mind as they were dying. <laughs> um, oh, did I leave the stove on? Ugh. Right. Now, that wouldn't necessarily keep you, but if that was like your dying thought and then your family didn't perform the rites, then you would become a yore who was kind of stuck in that kind of, oh, did I leave, did the, I leave stove the stove on? on? <laughs> right. <laughs> Could you imagine for all eternity that feeling of, oh, did I leave the stove on? No wonder ghosts are so like, just, they're like, oh my God, the stove. I just, I, I just did, came. Did I leave on my straightener? Um, that would be mine. Did I leave my straightener on? Straightener? Oh God. So the yore comes back trying to finish the action or satisfy the emotion. Turn the stove off. Yure uh, then exists on the earth until the proper funeral rites are performed or um, something is done to resolve the emotional conflict, right? Turn the stove off. Um, on the physical plane. <laughs> if the rituals are not completed or the conflict is left unresolved, the yore will continue haunting until one of those two things happens. So Japanese ghosts, if you've seen movies like The Grudge or The Ring or any of like the American remakes, or not even the American remakes, just the Japanese versions. the original ones, yeah. Ghosts in general in 
in Japanese lore, you can always tell because they all look the same, which is that they wear all white. Um, they wear all white clothing. They tend to have black their hair is black and it tends to either be like dirty or like matted and like all like stringy or whatever their hands and their feet tend to be either like either they don't have hands and feet or their (gasps) hands like they're floating without those limbs or their hands and feet are like twisted and like mangled stop i'm just like getting flashbacks to when i watched the ring for the first time and i'm i don't feel comfortable right there you go that's yeah and that's just yeah um, they also some are often um, accompanied by uh, Hidadama, which I had to look up. Um, but those are like these ghostly like flames. Um, and they're like if you see, and I was like, we we have this sometimes with like American ghosts too. But just like if you see a ghost that has like that like like a smoky aura around them, yeah, and it's usually like blue or green or purple, like that, like cool colors, right? They have a word for that. That's what that is. And I was like, oh, I didn't know there's like a word for that. <laughs> um, you can read a ghost's aura, yeah, and it's bad. So there are one, two, three, four, five, six types of yurei. Okay, and it usually is based around like how they died or whatever. Um, so, but they all have weird mangled hands or no hands. Well, at those all. are ghosts in general. That's what yurei look like, and yurei is just what they call ghosts. But there are like a couple different kinds of ghosts. Okay. You know, like, we've got, like, shadow people, and we've got, like, just whatever. Okay, okay. okay. Um, so they have Onryo, which, um, those are vengeful ghosts who come back from purgatory for a wrong that was done to them in their lifetime. Okay, okay. Um, you have Ubume, which is a mother ghost who died in childbirth, or she died with, like, young children that she was the one to care for. Um, and these usually come back to, like, come back to try and take care of or look after their children and they bring them candy sometimes so, i don't know if you want that candy mm, i was told not to take candy from strangers but no one told me about taking candy, candy from, from ghosts. ghosts i know that's a weird you know that's that's a that's a gray line that's yeah I'm that's that's kind of a ghostly shadow line <laughs> <laughs> so there's gorio which are um vengeful ghosts of aristocratic class who um especially those who were martyred which i'm like okay so there's still a class distinction even when you're dead. I know. God damn it. Oh, we'll get into that too. There's, if you're there's poor, a little more you're to you're always poor. I don't oh, like hang on. it. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to get into that in a second. Um, there's Zashiki Warashi, which are ghosts of children, um, which are often more mischievous than they are dangerous. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, then there's uh, the Jibokure, which are earthbound spirits, which is back to kind of what we were talking about in the first place. Even though they're somewhat of a rarity, um, they don't to see they don't seek to fulfill an exact purpose. Instead, they're bound to a specific location or a situation, like leaving on the stove, Aokigatahara, <laughs> the suicide forest, which is said to be full of yure. It's said to be like even before it became the suicide forest, which that's like in more in more recent years it's always been known as like this creepy haunted forest it's always been known as being full of yore full of these ghosts is there like a certain like point that they can take it back to where they're like this is what caused the haunting well this is what caused people to want to kill themselves here yes and no i will get to that in a second um but uh oftentimes the lower the social rank of a person who was violently killed or one who is treated harshly in life, the more powerful they are 
as a yore when they return. The meek will inherit the the earth. (laughs) Ghosts? Right, the underworld. The meek will inherit your souls. So, like, the more, right, the poorer or, like, more, like, horribly treated you were in your life, if you come back as a ghost, like, you're that much more going to fuck people up. Like, you're going to get in it. I guess I hope I come back as a ghost. <laughs> right? I got some shit to resolve. I got some fucking shit to deal with, and I'm broke as fuck. Um, so back to Aoki Uh the suicide forest, said to be the world's second most popular suicide site after the Golden Gate. Into two- America's number one in everything. <laughs> number one, number one <laughs> spot. Go number one spot. In 2003, 105 bodies were found Exceeding the record that had been set the previous year in 2002, which of was 104. 78. Oh, oh. Um, in 2010, Japanese police reported 200 attempted suicides in the forest, 54 completed. As of 2011, the most common means were hanging, mm-hmm. and the second most common is uh, poisoning or drug overdose. Mm. In more recent years, police and local officials have stopped publicizing the numbers of uh, of suicides because they don't want that to be what people focus on, and they don't want that to like make like <laughs> like appeal to people. Oh, it's like doesn't it, to a certain degree it, like romanticizes it of like right. I want to come to this forest to kill. Let's myself. see if we can break the record, right? <laughs> so they stopped like publicizing it a lot. Do you talk about Logan Paul? No. Okay. Do you know, this was in the last year and a half, there's that YouTube guy, Logan Paul, goes into that forest and there's video of him coming across a body and videoing it and like to a certain degree, like making jokes and making light of it. And it tainted his reputation and everyone was like, what the fuck? How could you do that? Right. He's starting to come back now, but that's like his biggest scandal is he went to that forest. And like made light of it. And found a body. Because they say that if you walk deep enough into that forest, you bodies. will find a body. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they found one, and there's a video, or there was on mm-hmm. YouTube. Okay, he posted like it. Jokes about it. Yeah, finding it and making jokes. It's fucking um, crazy. I hope that ghost came back to haunt him about his stove. <laughs> about his stove. <laughs> there's a sign at the entrance of the park that urges suicidal visitors to seek help. Uh, but it's in Japanese, so Americans just, so keep, just going. Go, keep right on by. <laughs> Annual body searches have been conducted by police, volunteers, and attended journalists since 1970. Shut up. Every year? Every year. There's an annual, like, body hunt where they go through and try and find all the bodies. That's almost of the 50 years now. Mm-hmm. That's, how long, that's how long it's been going. People have been going there to commit suicide for some time, for quite some time. Yep. Some attribute the popularity to a publication of a 1961 novel called The Tower of Waves by Sage Matsumoto. Um, but the, the, the forest has like a way longer history than that. Like that's where our p- other people maybe around the world might have heard about it. But like it's always been said that that's like a place full of ghosts and stuff. <laughs> the, the legends predate the novel and the place has long been associated with death and many have uh said that it's a site for uh ubasute which i had to look up and that's a whole other thing that i'm gonna talk about for a minute so it said that this wasn't really this wasn't really practiced it's more of like an old wives tale that this didn't really happen but this is a place that they said was like notorious for it so ubasute (laughs) 
is literally translated as abandoning an old woman. <gasps> Stop! So in the 19th century, so like the 1800s, it was said that people who, like not just an old woman, but like an old parent who like was senile and like they couldn't take care of themselves anymore, that they would just take them into the woods and leave them there to die. Just leave them there to die in the woods. And there was a poem that somebody wrote about this guy carrying his old mother like off into the woods to like leave her there and that she was breaking these sticks like off of trees and dropping them as they walked along so that he even though she knew he was taking her there to die she was doing that so that he would have a path to find his way back out of the woods by all the broken sticks she was leaving oh yeah i i like i there's no noise coming from me because i can't so it's thought they straight up just like like you do with an animal. You just drop them off and leave them. Just leave them there to die. Yeah. Now, like I said, it was said, and that's Japanese culture because was, they're so into. It was taking said care that that wasn't that. It's like an old wives' tale that that's not a real thing that happened. Like it was just a rumored thing. I love you forever. I love you for always. As long as I'm living, living, you're my baby. You'll, you'll be. be. We gotta take you to the forest, mom. We don't need you living any longer. <laughs> in <the woods. gasps> um. So, but if that's true, like that could explain the wandering ghosts that have been there for a long time with no like purpose and they don't have anything to fulfill. They're just these ghosts of these like senile old people who then died and didn't have a funeral and didn't have a purpose and they just wander in the woods. And now people go there to kill themselves and then their ghosts just fucking stay there and wander around in those woods. Oh, yeah. Sarah looks terrified right now, you guys. She looks really upset. I don't no. like it. <laughs> I know. So I went to look into these, this fucking forest and found There's all sorts of weird of shit. There's pictures of the bodies. There's pictures online of bodies hanging in trees in the forest. The people it's just all go there to there. kill themselves. Yeah. So that is the fucking... Guys, don't go there. Just go to the Golden State Bridge instead. (laughs) Just go to the Golden Gate Bridge instead. Um, I just don't... I don't like... I I don't... I knew about people going there to kill themselves. And I knew about their spirits hanging around because they kill themselves. And I knew about the fact that you could go in there at any point and it's so dense that there are chances that there's a body body. there that, that no one has found. But I didn't know about the poor wandering grandparents i didn't either i'd never heard of that really upsets me and then the picture on the wikipedia for for uba like ubasute has its own wikipedia page like the act of abandoning old people (gasps) and then there's a picture that's like a traditional like japanese watercolor of like a dude with like an old lady on his back like going into the woods yeah but it's ubasute, sometimes it's obasute or oyasute, which means abandoning of a parent versus just abandoning of an old woman because it doesn't have to necessarily be an old woman. It can be an old man. In America, we do it, but we just put them in a nursing home. In a home. You oh. ubasute them right into that uh, <laughs> right into that nursing home. I just have this image of like a really sweet, kind old spirit walking through the forest and then some asshole who killed themselves bullying the mean, bullying the grandma. 
See, I just imagine she's lost, and then the suicidal person is like cry- just crying and screaming, and she's like, Grandma's just like, where am I? Did you leave your stove on? <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like, ah, ah, I left my stove on. <laughs> she's like, it's okay, honey. I've been there. <laughs> she's like, me too, baby. Me too. Me too. My son sent me away because of it. I kept leaving it on. <laughs> and then would you believe he dropped me off in the fucking woods and I was kind enough to break sticks so that he could find I his fucking way back out of the woods? I'm a goddamn good parent. Come here, baby. Yeah. So that is the long and storied past of uh, Aokigahara Forest in Japan. Don't Google it, guys. Don't Google it. The pictures are very upsetting. At least last time of the dead bodies there. Of just like I mean, if you're not looking at the pictures of the dead bodies, if you're just looking at the forest, it's beautiful. And then you look in the background, there's a dead body, and then full of bodies because people go there and. And kill themselves. All they hear is the voice in their head that's like, kill yourself. When in reality, it's just their grandma standing, standing behind them being like, kill yourself. Oh, I thought she was going to be like, turn the stove off. <laughs> Did you leave the stove on? <laughs> Are you hungry? I made shrimp. <laughs> My grandma is always making me shrimp. I don't know what it is. She was like, I know you like shrimp. Do you want some shrimp? You mentioned once when you were three that you really like shrimp, and that's, that's what I'm going to really hold on what it to. Is, right? Like, um, there's the same. Like every time I visit my grandma, there's always like shrimp at every meal and Coca Cola, which like I can't remember the time I the last time I bought a Coke, and my grandma's like, I know you like Coke and shrimp. <laughs> I um. <laughs> Because I'm your grandma. I'm your grandma, and I remember you saying that as a child, and I love you. I remember you you said that when you were like eight, so like I'll make sure there's always Coke and shrimp at my house. You're like, Grandma, I love you. I know. For me, mine was when I was a kid, my favorite color was purple. It's not anymore. Anymore. My favorite color is emerald green, but... You know, my grandmother just passed away, and my aunt made a point to be like, I made sure there were purple flowers in her arrangements because to make sure that she felt your presence. Because <laughs> she knew you love purple. Because I know you love purple. And then one of the things she gave me was my grandmother had a, a candy dish, mm-hmm. one of those like crystal candy dishes. And she said, I saw it, and it was purple. So I want you to have, have it because it. it's purple. And I'm like, <sighs> all right, thanks. I don't like purple as much. That's fine. That Thank shows you. me grandma love me. That's it. That's it. Sarah, plug your play. <sighs> There's a part of me that hopes my grandmother comes back to haunt me just because I need closure. <laughs> you need closure. You need a reminder to turn the stove off. I need to tell her to go haunt her there daughter be, instead. You'll, they'll be like, you know what? There could be a hundred ghosts in a room. Ninety. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to haunt you, and one, one of them, them wants to remind you to, turn, to, remind off you to turn off the stove. And Grandma is that ghost for me. <laughs> there are gonna be a hundred people. Oh, I'm dying. My show opens on Friday, but by the time now, you hear this, it's gonna be last Friday. But we run for three, two more weekends throughout the rest so of January. Yeah, it's at Allen's Lane. Where can you buy tickets, girl? Don't buy tickets. DM me for comps. Those tickets are twenty five bucks, and it is not worth it. <laughs> I only get four, but I'll give you more. I got some sway there. I love this bitch. (laughs) Hey, let us know when you want to go. We'll go on the same night. Let's go. Colleen, hit us up, girl. Colleen. 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 Colleen, Teresa. They let you drink there in the theater. Me, Colleen, Teresa, Lindsay, if you're down, those are your four comps. We're going to get crunk and see Sarah in this play that she hates. (laughs) 
I don't hate it. I just, it's full of, um, what's the name of grandparent ghosts? <laughs> well, it's full of, they ooh. don't have a specific name. The practice is called Ubasute. It's full of people who might have been Ubasute. <laughs> right out the door. It's yeah, it's all older people, but it's fun. It's a, it's a super cute show. Come see it if you're in the area. DM me for comps because don't pay that twenty five dollars. Oh, love it. Um, <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, so as always, guys, if you want to help us out, you can write us a review on iTunes or Facebook. Of course, we always are going to prefer five stars. Please. Right. And then screenshot that review and send it to us either by sliding into our DMs on Instagram, Deadtime Stories with a Z, all one word, uh, or by emailing us Deadtime Stories with a Z, all one word at gmail.com. And we would be happy to send you a sticker and a little personalized card with your name on it because you're... It's weird. My brother was like, you can just send me a sticker. And I was like, well, Phil, you can't just no. put a fucking sticker in the mail. I got to put it in a fucking envelope with a car. So tell me you're your, what the gonna fuck. I'm just going to send you a sticker. <sighs> Philip. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put that sticker on a piece of paper so that you can't use it. A- and I made that joke, too. I was like, I'm just going to stick it to a postcard and there then send go. you the postcard. And there you've got the sticker on a postcard. But Done. you can't use the fucking sticker. So there, fuck you. Phil, are you happy? Philip. Does he listen? He does. We're going to find be out. a little bit behind. But he listens. Well, by the time he hears this episode, he better be caught up. Philippe. We'll see what happens. We had a whole conversation about our names and how I don't like to be called Steph. But my brother calls me Steph. But apparently my brother doesn't like to be called Phil. But my brother insisted on being called Phil in like high school. I feel like he introduced himself to me as Phil. I know. And he's like, actually, I prefer Philip. And me and my sister were like, excuse me, what? There was like a hot second in middle school where he was PJ. And Sawyer and Brian is Phil. Yeah, girl, don't get me started. Yeah, Philip. And Snoopy. (laughs) Hey, Snoopy, I'm Phil. (laughs) <laughs> he introduced himself to the dog. Um, Snoopy peed thanks, on him. No, I'm just thanks for listening from <laughs> Phil and everybody else. Thanks, Phil. Philip. Philip. He's Philip now. <laughs> which, which we're gonna Uba Me and my you. sister only laughed about it because we're like, your name isn't even Philip; it's Philippe. So first of all, <laughs> like, calm down, Philip. I love my brother though. <laughs> Louis Philippe the second. It is, though. His name is Philippe. It's Louis Philippe, our fucking Haitian-ass dad, and our French grandma. His name isn't Philip. It's two P's and an E on the end. This episode took a turn. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this has been Dead Time Stories. Thanks for listening. Did I leave the stove on? I knew you were going to say something about the stove. Of course. It's the button. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Kernison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. The button! Fucking funny!